Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. Hello, I'm Ed. And you know, this week we're going to continue down our the 3D printing rabbit hole. You might be able to hear one in the background, but you know, who knows? Um, but you know, this week we're going to talk about you know the 3D printing you know uh, barriers to entry, which is cost. You know, we're we're talking, and then this is going to be a lot of ballpark figures, stuff that we you know from own personal experience and stuff like that that we've had. So you know, don't take the the cost that we're saying, you know, to heart. You know, use it as a ballpark measurement, somewhere to do um, your budgeting and stuff like that. And for the love of God, if you go and buy or, you know, anything right, please, you know, if you're going to buy a 3D printer or something like that, that use, please use disposable income. You know, don't go out and buy a 3D printer because you think you want one and you still can, you can't pay your rent. All right. Um, or you can't make a bill payment. Don't do that. You know, save up money, then go buy it. You know, and you can use that money. You can use that three D printer to recoup the money that you've already paid for it. It happens. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we're getting into, when we're getting into you know the cost of printers, John, what are you thinking? Uh, so when I'm looking at the cost of my printer, uh, we, we we can start off with you know basics like um, what do I need to start a print? Of course, you need a printer, you need a source of power, you need some filament, um, and yeah, I think you're rocking and rolling. Well, of course, you need a computer to slice your slice your files, so you need yeah. your data. Um, but but all things considered, if I ran that ballpark for me to get to that point, it was like two two sixty, mm-hmm. um, and and I was up and running. Um, now that was with a Ender three Pro, and it was let's say not the smoothest sailing. But when I hit print. Something was printing, <laughs> so yeah. like it's it's a good start, and that's kind of like you know most people's entry level is is I I I got the printer, I want the printer. How much is that going to cost me to get this? I have most people have in their mind maybe one, two, three, um, specific case, use cases for like hey I want I need a knob for my cabinet door. Mm-hmm. It broke. They don't make this knob anymore. Or hey I need a model for this um, specific uh, you know clip that broke off of like a baby gate. Uh, my brother actually, he's probably reprinted that baby gate clip like five, six, seven, eight times. But that saves him from needing to go to the store to buy it. Right. It's to buy same, that yeah. same thing seven, eight times. Utility. Yeah. So, um, and, and and for for all things considered, you, those utility prints are what a lot of people are thinking about when they're thinking 3D printing. But you can also take on the, you know, we talked about steam and the artistic and, and the, uh, like, Wall art side. Yeah. So, so what's the cost of that too? Because there's a lot of people that are, when they're thinking three D printing, they're like, "Oh, I can print this model of, uh, of this character I like or something like that." So, those costs relatively low. But then when you get into, I, I think it expands, and I can kind of uh, pass this over to what, what you're thinking about it. 
and but it, it expands with the level of detail mm-hmm. with the the um, kind of the project you're working on because in a lot of cases we're thinking of uh, making a, a certain model and that is the project not necessarily I've got this um, I've got this uh, hose I need to get to flow a certain way to irrigate my garden and I need to print this um, which is a fantastic example a tesla valve or something like that Mm -hmm. to 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 get it to flow correctly without me sitting there and watering my garden all the time so in those cases 3d printing is uh just a piece in that process and not the overall goal but i think a lot of people start as that that the model is the goal and if you're talking barriers to entry there not even 300 dollars. probably if you would have got a deal on it less than 250 yeah so um, but Ed, when you're thinking about uh, cost, now I know uh, recently, recently you you've gotten uh, an ender. I don't know how how far you've kind of messed with it so far, but um, uh, it, you're you're a fantastic example of, of uh, a barrier to entry because you just you just broke that and, and right. now you're here. So um, what what are some things? I guess some some forethoughts or some um, hurdles that you're thinking that you would need to to, to hop. Uh, I would say the the uh, biggest hurdle I see is that um, one you'd have to get used to uh, like the parameters of the uh, mm-hmm. the printer. You'd also have to get used to the the uh, software. You know yeah. what's the yeah. ins and out of the software. What kind of problems you run to the mm-hmm. software. Um, how. You can do hacks and things like that. So some of that's already been figured out by people. Right. Some of it, you know, it depends on if you um, want to say, hey, I want to figure out everything myself and rehash what everybody else did. For, so I would say that's one of the biggest barriers is where to start mm-hmm. and how you start. So, you know, do I want to start where I just take it out the box, put it together, plug it up, make sure the bed's level, Print something. Yeah. So you, and then and then it's like, mm-hmm. well, what's wrong? It's not working. Yeah. And you know the thing is, you know, on the topic of cost, you know, the topic of cost when it comes down to software, you know, for a three D printer is really simple. It's free. Oh yeah. Um, ninety five percent of your, your your slashers are free, and if you buy an Ender, um, software comes with it. Yeah. Uh, please don't use that. Um, go download Prusa <laughs> Slicer, Cura, one of those. Um, something other than the Creality Slicer. It's not. It's an. It's based off an older version of Cura and really does not work all that well. Also, your newer um, um, uh, Marlin two machines, like what I have, um, it doesn't like it. Yeah, you lose functionality. Yeah, it doesn't play well with others. Um, you know, so you know, if you're talking about you know your cost when it comes down to software fees, it's free. It's open source, 100 percent open source. You know, your laptop on the other hand, you might be able to get through with that. If it's like an online slicer, you can get away with having less RAM on board your machine. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you're going to be going and doing onboard slicing and stuff like that, and you're not running off the GPU or something like that, you know, you need to have a computer that's going to withstand it. You know, at least 8 yeah. to 16 gigs of RAM on board. Um, or time at, to wait. Yeah, or time <laughs> to wait. For it to you know, at least an i5. Yeah. You know, if you're doing the Intel world, you know, a, a good AMD, if you're going the AMD world. Um, you know, there is no wrong answer, um, with that. However, cost does dictate, you know, if you can only afford, you know, an i5 machine or one of the new, what, uh, what is it? Pentium, 
uh, machines that they just came back out with, the new lower end oh, yeah. um, Intel processor oh, PCs. I remember Celeron. Yeah, but the thing ago. is, is even the newer PCs that they're, just, they're coming out with have 8 gigs of RAM on board. You know, um, they've gone away from the four, you know, four gigs um, and gone to eight standard, mm-hmm. um, which is good because you can slice with eight gigs. Yeah. You know, and you'll have no issue with it. You just don't have any other programs running. Hell, you, you, you showed me the other day, actually, like, I mean, if you've got a Raspberry Pi with four gigs of RAM, eight gigs of RAM, you can, we can actually load a, a, a Linux uh, distro that, yeah. like, a, like a desktop uh, GUI interface, That'll let you get to Blender. It'll get you to Prusa Slicer. I I think I downloaded, um, what was it? Fedora, and they've got Prusa Slicer. Yep. So it's it's ready right there too. So if you've got Linux, it'll work. If you got Apple, you know, mm-hmm. it'll work. Mac so what that work. means is, you, if you have an old machine, you can load that damn thing from anywhere. Oh yeah. You know, and that, and that's the thing. It's you know, it's just that now you start talking about price of machines. You know, Ed, what was yours? Uh. Everything to twenty. Yeah. Now me out the door. What was your What was your whole package like? You got two twenty. You know what I'm saying. So you got the Ender three. Uh, the Ender uh, three Pro. Pro, and then and you, uh, it came. I think it came with uh, some nozzles. It came with. Uh, okay. you know, they give you a little spool of okay. filament, but I'd already bought some filament beforehand for fifteen bucks for the other project where we was doing the uh, right. The three hundred dollar challenge, so I still have that project, okay. but yeah, it was like two hundred and twenty dollars. That's after total. tax. That's, that's the taxes included. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, and then mine, you know, out the door Ender Five Pro, um, with two spools of filament and some nozzles was right at four hundred um, out the door, which. You know, for me, I was able to get a Ender 5 Pro sub 300 um, or right at about $300. Um, good drop for it, to be honest. So, you know, those they usually go for about 350 so, you know, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um, and two rolls of, of um, uh, PETG for $33.29. That, that was a great deal. So, and it, you know, and it lays out pretty nice, uh, does pretty well laying out, so... You know, I'm not, I'm not too, you know, upset with that, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, the problem is, is it's, you know, that's just the, the first step, mm-hmm. you know, the first hurdle was buying the machine and, you know, and, and playing with it that way. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think you, when you start getting into the, um, you know, the, the tools you need to maintain it, you know, now you got to take into account the cost of your alcohol. You know, not what you're drinking, but what you're using on the machine. Um, your rags, yeah. uh, your your wrenches. You, if you get one of the torque wrenches from um, all 3D to do nozzle changes, you know, you can get those. They're like $24. Yeah, and they it's so easy. And it makes, it makes sure everything's torqued to spec. There's no issue with it. You're not having to hand tighten it. Um, you know, and then once you start getting into, to, um, uh, you know, the fun... Um, expansions for it upgrades. and stuff like that upgrades and, yeah. and whatnot then your price kind of <laughs> it depends. triples depends on what you're what you're trying to upgrade because so uh we've talked about ed and nicks so i'll i'll take my ender 3 and um kind of compare it against so just just to give you guys a bit of a uh, idea i've had the ender 3 for uh just under a year no no, no, it's over a year, so it's just under two years. 
Um, so I've had it for quite some time, and it's been you know pumping out prints pretty nonstop. Um, I've done quite a few upgrades. Uh, so like the the CR or the auto bed leveling. There's yeah. many different flavors of that you could get. You could get the BL Touch, CR Touch. You can get an easy ABL, which is just a magnetic um, sensor. Mm -hmm. Which honestly, if you ask Ed, he's probably asking you why you haven't gone there already. Why you're still using a mechanical probe? But but those pieces can range anywhere from what it, you got yours for thirty five. Yeah, thirty five. All the way up to like sixty seventy because for the the easy ABL they they have their own circuit uh control board they they need you to use yeah. with it um and that gets you into the 80 80 dollar range right. not including so. the fact that like with mine if i just go to the easy abl one i have to change my firmware out yep. i have to change my motherboard out possibly right. and i have to go to a solid mount bed yeah um so you're you're near upgrade now you know tripled see that's where now. we differ a little bit for me i mean far as the cost depends on your level of experience with electronics. Right. You're paying. You're paying for what you don't know in electronics. Uh, you can. Everything I've seen from the motherboards are simple. I've seen no motherboard that I've seen from a 3D printer that's complicated. It's basically the same type of footprint for all of them. Maybe they use different uh, fits or they use different drivers for right. the stepper motors, but for the most part, they're all the same. So what most people are paying for is, hey, this works. I want what works. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a little bit different because I'm a I'm a electronic hobbyist and I've been doing electronics for a long time. So my goal is to make my own things. So I can order 20 boards from somewhere. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically, any you can get PCD PCB Eagle or any uh, basic software and go online and uh, draw out your patterns that you want, and they'll make sure it's right even if it's a multi-layer board, and uh, you can have those printed off pretty, that's pretty affordably. Board. That's yeah. Yeah. And, then, and that then sensor's you, not expensive and now, then, too. So. Then if you good with soldering, like I am, yeah. then you can do a lot of stuff. If you have the equipment, I already have the equipment to do surface mount soldering and those things. So my goal is to build my own board. That, that's mm -hmm. my goal. My goal is to make my own board so that... I can make the board do what I want to do. So if I want to run 20 stepper motors, I can run 20 stepper motors. If I want to run 10 servos, I can run 10 servos. I'm not limited to what Creality says right. or proves it. So, so that, it makes sense that, I mean, that, uh, <laughs> like that's where your mind goes because um, everything is, for right now, uh, kind of cookie cutter. Um, and, and like you can take a look at what's supposed to be top of the line, Prusa. Yeah. Uh, it's a clone of the Ender. They just said... I think we could do it better, or yeah. I can I can kind of smooth these things out. And it's quality. It has some of these things that these upgrades that I was about to or that I was speaking about already like in there. Mm -hmm. So your, your dual Z's, your your um uh, your bed leveling sensor instead of a probe, um it, the ability to change the linear um, rail um, oh, X yeah. and Y's linear rail is, and then its belt system is is fundamentally different, but it's it's very similar. Um, mm -hmm. I mean. In a lot of these cases, I kind of get back to, to maybe the cost uh, thing. So, so uh, in a lot of these cases, cost is relative to what your problem is, of course. Um, you could, you know, uh, ideally you could hit print off the first one and it's going to be the best print, you know, 
period, and continue to say that. that but you know time. that's not life. You know the first definitely not with mine. I'll tell you that. So uh, as you, it's just it's just science. Like as you heat the bed, I got, I got bum rushed the first yeah. one I did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as you heat the bed, well, and you, you look at how your bed has got like scratches and well, the scratches and the gouges are gonna come with the the printing. It's come with it comes with bed leveling. You you never know. But but all these things like. Uh, if, if I were to ballpark even the cost that I've put in, I've upgraded my motherboard. I've upgraded my extruder from a plastic to metal. I've upgraded um, to a dual Z. I've upgraded to the, to the auto bed leveler. Um, and then I've even added a Raspberry Pi with an Octopi or with a, with a Pi Cam just to, to look at that. All, thing, all of that considered, I'm at seven $800. And now I'm getting close to fully autonomous. But but you take and look at that, and you look at even Ender's Ender Three S One, which is almost not every, but almost all of those upgrades I mentioned. It comes with the CR Touch. It comes with actually dual gear direct drive um, uh, extrusion. It it, it handles nice. those upgrades. Yeah, must be nice. <laughs> Nick's gonna get that soon. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but it comes with those things, and the package. What was it? It was it was Amazon. Uh, I think it was four hundred to four fifty. So right around what you got for the Ender Three, uh, sorry, the Ender Five Pro. It's they also have an Ender Three where they were like, you know what, we'll do the upgrades for you and make that barrier to entry less complex or less difficult. Yeah. Uh, but then again, there's those people like me who are like, I don't want to just throw the money at it. I need you to. I need this sixty dollars to be worth sixty dollars of my yeah. time. Like I don't mind tinkering. You know, and the thing is, is you really get kind of familiar with it, with the you know with the community, yeah, the three D printing community and stuff like that. When you're you know you're fighting the issues from the ground up, and not just ripping the thing to pieces and saying, hey, I'm gonna buy every single upgrade under the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like for me, um, you know, I do have some some things planned yeah. for the Ender, for, um, mainly you know direct um, uh, direct drive, um, so going direct um, uh, yeah. I was doing dual gear extrusion eventually, um, linear rail, um, and then doing um, a dual Z, so it'll actually cradle the bed and it's and you know but so you know with that everything's gonna take time you know we'll probably hit the the linear rail and a um, good version of the direct extrusion we found a kit what thirty four dollars today yeah it's pretty cheap pretty really um, good deal. You know, and they also have kits that you utilize your same original hot end that you got now that came on the machine. It just kind of relocates things. Mm-hmm. Um, so all it does is take your existing components and relocates it. All it does is a bracket. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, you have that. And it gets real low out of the Bowden tube, so it saves you money on the Bowden tube aspect. Um, but then you got the linear rails, which, surprisingly, I found the other day that all my linear rails combined will only cost me 50 bucks for linear rails, and that's it. That's that includes carriages. Yeah, that's not bad. And you just kind of 3D print some other parts, drill some holes, punch some right. screws, and you're done. Be, be um, careful with the uh, linear rails because uh, some of the ones that come out of China, <clears throat> you have to make sure that when you're uh, when they're going, yeah, there is a lot of deflection in them. So it depends on what accuracy you're looking for. Yeah, all 3D did a really good job of yeah. explaining exactly what you need to get. Yeah. For the um, uh, for the Ender Five, and also they give you the links to where to go to go find them. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's it's great because you know the community is behind these things. They show you where to where you to spend the best money. Right. You know, and the thing is, is most of your parts 
um, for like the machines, you can 3D print those things. And it's 15 bucks for a, a, a roll of, of PLA if you're going with that. Mm-hmm. Or if you really want to go two rolls of, you know, Pet G, you're looking 30 to $35, you know, if not a little bit more. However, if you think about it, the amount of prints that you can get, you know, off of those pieces, you know, you're, you're saving money there. Yeah, you, you save a lot of money with that. Like there's there's a few there's a few different schools of thought. Uh, Sun Lu did a master spool where they were uh, trying to save on the plastic spool, mm-hmm. and they would uh, use Velcro to kind of strap their stuff, uh, strap their rolls together, and you would be able to kind of unload by uh, unload the spool, pretty much open it up, separate the sides, mm-hmm. load the spool on there, take the Velcro off, and pop it back into place. You get a new spool, and that with that they were cutting the cost down into the third, like trying to get past mm-hmm. lower to the thirty to the twenty. I think grand. I've seen this. Um, I, I mean, I haven't. I I got some good prints. I didn't get a lot of prints. I found that if you don't, if you're not careful, you won't notice that it didn't lock into place. And as it's printing, it's gonna pull apart, and then possibly, yeah, you possibly got a. Uh, spaghetti monster before the extruder <laughs> that's uh, even worse yeah, and you're yeah. probably not going to get anything to go through the extruder not now you're you know you're wheeling everything together yeah exactly in my opinion we was talking barriers one of the biggest bar- barriers is that is not everything done on these printers is scientific is is art yeah or people just keep trying stuff to something work <laughs> to, to to me that yeah. the material you use is like paint yeah. you can buy cheap paint or you can buy the best paint that you can get yeah. so for me i would say it makes no sense to cut cost on material. Mm-hmm. You should get whatever range material you can afford. Yeah, you know whether it's medium quality, best quality, or right. but I would get nothing below medium quality because it makes no sense because you're not going to get a good print. Yeah, and you know the thing is, is I'll say this: I kind of did things backwards. Um, I started with Pet G. <laughs> um, I started one of the more harder ones and just kind of just you know went on from there. Um, because I knew that I wanted the durability. If I'm going to print something, I want the durability. I want the damn thing to last. Yeah. So, you know, that's, and that's what it is. So I'll probably end up sticking with Pedgy, you know, for now, um, for most things until, you know, I try this TPU that's sitting next to me and we see how that goes. <laughs> um, I'm actually excited for that because <laughs> I, I kind of dropped that off as a, as a joke because I was like, well, you're taking a step there. Let's, let's see. This is, uh, this is the humble Nick. <laughs> oh, believe me, I'm humble. Like, believe hey, me, let me I've tell you. got the Pet G working, but the TPU is going to slap you in the face, I tell you that much. Because hey, you think about it, how, how your extruder fundamentally works is it's gripping with, with teeth on that gear. And yeah. if you have a dual gear for both sides, but I think yours is single. Single. So yours is like mine. It's, it's only gripping that from one side. How do I push a plastic that is rubbery through a 1.75 millimeter hole on that Bowden tube, like smoothly, and this is where why this is why also the Capricorn tube, or you know what the Capricorn tube represents, the the precision that it was mm-hmm. that it was machined with or made with. This is why that's so much more important. Is like when you're pulling that TPU, if there's any pot, spot that bends and bunches, then you will have a fail, and it may not look like anything on the outside. 
But in that Bowden tube, you're not getting anything. Yeah, because ca- I have Capricorn tubing on mine. So uh, that might we'll be, wait we'll, until we'll we do a direct drive, yeah, and we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go from there. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, it's TPU is fun. TPU is, is what the, the whole idea was, uh, you know, Squish. dampening and, and vibration resistance and, mm-hmm. and coasters, friction. Like for the bottom of my enclosure, I could print these little squares to stop it from sliding around. Like little things like that, perfect. Um but yeah, so we kind of get a little bit off topic. I'll talk about <laughs> filaments and stuff. We might do a different one for yeah, that. Yeah, we have to do a well. different one. A for different filament. one, test, filament testing maybe. Um, but but we could go into the cost of that and uh, and the cost of other filaments. Oh, actually, let's let's go into the cost of yeah. Um, we can go into the cost of filaments. Um, gotcha. the, the filament. We can even do materials like yeah. Like what what are your con- like your your consumables. Daily consumables, or, or not even daily. Let's say weekly, monthly consumables. What what is wearing down and getting used the most needs to be replaced the most. Um, so these things are actually your nozzles are relatively cheap unless you want like diamond tip, right. <laughs> something yeah. like that. You get you in the hundred dollar range, but uh, you get some brass tip nozzles, hardened steel. Uh, stainless steel. I think there's even tungsten you could probably tungsten get for. Tungsten and tungsten carbide. Uh, yeah, uh, those are a little bit more expensive, but still not like a hundred dollars for one nozzle expensive. But those things, like your nozzle, um, I think I've switched my nozzle out uh, the most. Even though this, you know, current one probably is due for a swap. Um, the brass nozzles, I've noticed if anybody makes the mistake of using a like a pliers or a metal tool on them, you're going to ruin your brass nozzle almost immediately. So if you get your print that's like kind of leaking out and like curling back and getting stuck on your nozzle and you try to clear it off with the snippers or 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 like the anything metal at all, you're gonna ruin the diameter which should be standard 0.4 of that nozzle. Uh, when you get into hardened and 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 uh, stainless and things, you, it's a little bit less of a worry. More forgiving. Uh, but when you get more uh, abrasive filaments, you need to replace them more. Um, so that right there, though, I you know Nick, you just bought some to put yeah. on mine. Uh, yours, I got some to put on mine. I spent like yeah. not even ten bucks. Yeah, for ten them. bucks for about. Yeah, I got the same thing when I bought the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the other hot end. Yeah. A lot of them come with extras, too. Yeah, they, they all come with so. them. You know, it's like, what, maybe 10, 15 bucks for yeah. 45 of them? Yeah, you should have extra, like, maybe half dozen to a dozen nozzles on hand just at any given point. I'm not yeah. saying you're going to go through five in one day or six in one day. But if you get if you have that many on hand, you're not going to need to buy another nozzle unless you're switching um, maybe temperatures or filaments because... For brass, there's limitations of the temperature mm-hmm. you want to melt at. You want hardened steel to go higher than 260. Uh, some machines limit you at sorry 260 Celsius, guys. Yeah. Uh, so some some of them limit you at 260 Celsius, period. Uh, but when you get the thermocouple we talked about, we can mm-hmm. kind of push past that. But then is your nozzle going to be able to withstand it is the real question. Okay. Um, and then we talk about print bed. Um, so, Nick, you can, you can probably explain about... How the print bed already, you know, what, yeah, seven to ten prints, yeah, is already kind of jacked up. It gets kind of, it gets kind of marred up. Um, you know, that's from you know trial and error moments, uh, failed prints. Um, you know, you you think you have it leveled, and well, guess what? It didn't want to do that. Um, because there was other issues. You know, there's I. You know, when I first got this thing, I I fought a lot of problems. Um, and you know the print beds, yeah, they're they're. The, the, it'll get beaten up. Mm-hmm. So buy a separate one. I'm going to be ordering one soon. 
um, you know, um, probably all ordered up or in the same bed, probably. Uh, just have a spare one of those, and then the PEI beds and stuff like that. But right now, that bed I have on there right now is sticking to, with the filament that I have. So, you know, why fix something that's not broke um, at the moment? You know, I'm running the PETG at 240 and 80. So, you know, it might not work for everybody. So, you know, don't take that as, as Bible. Yeah. Believe me, I'm not. Yeah, and um, that changes, too, with the, yeah. the, the material that your bed is. Like, you don't want to heat glass um, to that same thing. And, well, if you do heat glass to the same temperature, it's not going to respond the same way. Yeah. Uh, uh, or in uh, a mirror. You can even, you know, even if you use a mirror, it, it's not going to go to the same temperature. It, it won't. And and honestly, even the it gets down to the filament will either stick too much or stick not at all to yeah. it. So um, I advise, you know, the PEI spring steel. Yeah. And, and I think that that's... I've had the best results with it, but again, we talked. I mean, Ed, you were every every problem is circumstantial, right? It depends on what situ situation you're in. So maybe a glass bed is your answer. You want a smooth finish instead of a textured finish. Yeah. Um, but they also make smooth PEI spring steel beds. They make it to where one side's smooth, one side's textured. Yeah. So for me, I just bought two of those. I can flip them over. Um, I, I, the biggest thing, the reason I bring it up is. 20 bucks a pop for one of them mm -hmm. and you honestly can flip them over like i've i've ruined both sides of my of every single print bed i've had. i think i've gone through 10 of them in the two years i've ruined both sides of them but i still tell you what i can still get a print to come out the bottom i might have to sand because it's got a, got a, a weird outline because i created some channels or crevices <laughs> like some lines but yeah. it is what it is um i think I th so nozzles bed um, those are the things that uh, are, are the biggest consumable. consumable. Oh, filament, of course, filament. which is what we've been talking about. Yeah, it's which, you know, that's between anywhere from 15 bucks all the way to 50 bucks, depending on what you're going to get. Um, you know, if you're just, well, yeah. just going to play around, you don't need something durable, stick to, to PLA. If you go a little bit higher, go to other things, play with it, play with the colors if you want, you know. Yeah. It's like Skittles, Taste the Rainbow. Um, uh, I suggest if you're switching from PLA to Pet G, though, that, that we were in consumables, uh, alcohol because yeah. PLA printing on your bed has it, it's kind of um, it's an acid. Uh, you you'll see a, like an oil or a film on there. We won't really see it. It's kind of invisible. You need to wipe that off, and and the alcohol will break that up, so you can kind of yeah. wipe it off. Remember PLA in its in its natural form is an acid. Yeah. So it's leaving an acid residue behind. Um. So that's you know first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So, but um. Let's see. What's the next thing? Um, next, uh, alcohol. You yeah. know, um, you know, if you're gonna do that, isopropyl alcohol. You know, which is like seven, eight bucks in the store, depending on what size you get. Um, a lot cheaper. You know, you can go to the. You know, just don't buy the antiseptic stuff. Yeah. Um, but you can get this. You can go to the the nearest grocery store and get it for you know four dollars. You can get three bottles it on Amazon for thirty bucks. There 90, you go. Ninety nine percent pure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You can buy it by the gallon. Um, then you got, you know, the others, the, you know, your rags and stuff like that. You know, it's, you know, then, you know, I don't know if John wants to touch on the barrier, the, the cost of, um, his new printer he just picked up. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that before we kind of close out for the day. So if you want to touch on that. Oh man. Yeah. You're more than welcome to. So yeah, I got a resin printer. Um, I went with a fundamentally different chemical process, <laughs> just because I've been I've been kind of looking at it, and I 
I think it's cool. I watched a couple prints go through, uh, a couple models, and then compared it to the best print that I've ever had on my printer, as well as um, a few other prints off of FDM printers. And, and dear God, is it... You don't get rid of layer lines, but they are so... Um, so much easier to hide. It's not part of, like every layer if you have layer lines then you may have had a problem with your slicing um man so i i'm still doing kind of <laughs> the, i'm the guinea pig with the with the resin printer and doing a lot of research but um much like you know your standard printer uh your slicers are going to be open source they're free um i've seen a lot of you can purchase a pro plan to help you out a little bit more tell you what your problems are or teach you mm -hmm. some things um but core core cost like with the resin printer, um, uh, you have to think safety. That was something I hadn't considered at first. So I'm thinking just the printer. So if you're at just the printer itself was 200. So that's actually not bad. No. But you think about, um, you have to take a step back and look at your overall process that it has to take. So for a resin printer, there's many more steps in the post-processing. So once I, so I'll slice it, I'll put it on the printer, I'll hit play and let it do its thing. But once that's done, I need to then do more steps to that in order for it not to be toxic. Uh, because yeah. uh, the resin, you, those fumes, you shouldn't be inhaling. You should be wearing gloves. Um, you should, yeah, you should, you need a respirator, mm -hmm. need some, you need, uh, some type of air purification if it's not, if it's a closed room or something like that. You, you, you can't just be in there the whole time. But then you, those are the things you have to consider for safety to, to, to be able to get to a good print. But there's a, there's, you need to wash it. Um, and, and by wash it, I'm not saying dish, dish soap and in the sink. No, you, you need, you know, that 99% uh, isopropyl alcohol, and it needs to be in a bath, and that bath, um, it needs to kind of get s stirred around the print, if that Circulate. makes sense. So, so um, what I got, I got the Anycubic uh, Photon Mono 4K, that's my printer. Um, but then I also, it came with a, or it didn't come with it, but there's a package deal with the Wash and Cure, uh, because... It, the wash is actually in a bin that I can stick on the top. It's got a magnet on the bottom with a blade, and it'll circulate that alcohol for me. And it actually has a mount that fits my bed, so it's perfect. That was about a hundred dollars for that. So total package for both was uh, about three hundred. Um, and then you know I had to spend a little bit more to get alcohol. I had to spend a little bit more to get a filter to put unused resin back in, so I'm not just wasting. Mm -hmm. um, and then your uh, price point on the resin. On the resin, yeah, I was about twenty-four bucks for okay. for one kilogram kilogram of resin, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I've ran about three, four prints, a couple failures, but they did most of the work, uh, or most of the print, it, and I barely used any resin at all. So I, I'm thinking it's uh, along the same feeling as the consumable, uh, mm -hmm. like the filament rolls that you, that you would consume. But, but yeah, that last step in the process is the curing. Um, it needs to cure with a certain UV wavelength. And, and uh, the beauty of it is, is that station does that as well. So for, the other, for other stations, what other people have done is they set two separate stations up after that. That's uh, more money. So then I just decided, hey, you do two in one. You solve both my problems. You, you condense my space. $300. I can I can treat my resin prints and, and get things going. So, um, of course, put a little bit more to get those you know air purifiers mm. and things like that. Just because I was a little bit hesitant, but I think I don't think cost is the barrier to entry for resins. 
I yeah. think the the barrier because much of these most of these printers are much smaller. I think I got one that's like even though it felt small on the bigger side uh, of things. Uh, so you can get a lot of you can get a small scale resin printer for a hundred bucks. Uh, you get a Washington Cure station for probably less than that if it's smaller. Um, so less than two hundred bucks, you can get printed in resin resin printing and, or started in resin printing. But you're only going to be printing small models. Yeah. Um, so I think that 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 is a nice step in, but. Uh, it's also a bit riskier because of the toxins. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know what an MSDS sheet is, you need to go look it up because yep. anytime, you, even even with the filaments that we're putting in, you know, standard FDM, they should have a, a material safety because yep, they, they kind of let a little bit off too, but not as bad. You can, you can find those, you know, any um, uh, chemical company has to have those on site. Yeah. You can also find them online through the federal government. The federal government has to have those on site, have to have those available to you. Um, if you can't find them, find your local FEMA office, um, uh, and ask them for, uh, for it through the, um, uh, or if you're in another country, whatever your, your local disaster response location is, um, talk to them. Uh, they will have your MSDS sheets. You can also find them online. Um, there's a lot of places where you can go find them. Um, you know, I can't name off all the websites cause I don't know them off the top of my head, but if you look up MSDS in your own home country, yeah. You're bound to determine to find them. You know, we got people control. from yeah, poison control would have MSDS sheets as well. Yeah, they got to retreat you. <laughs> um, you know, it's you know if, if if you have poison control, whatever country you're in. Oh, that's true. You know, it's you know which you, you probably will. Um, you know your your local health departments. You know, we'll say you know go to them. They should be able to help you out. So you know, with that, I think that brings us you know to an end. You know, for this week. Um, you know, and it's, you know, we start talking about all that. You know, we want to say, you know, first and foremost, thank you. You know, we're actually recording it in the new, you know, podcast area. So hopefully it sounds a little better than studio. it did before. Yeah. You can call it a studio. No, I'm um, calling it a studio. So, <laughs> you know, we got that now. Um, so we're moving on up, literally, right upstairs. Um, so we're going we're going vertical. Um, so, but, you know, with that, you know, I want to say thank you. You know, I've been looking at the, the stats, seeing where everybody's coming from. So, you know, I want to thank everybody from across the globe, you know, that's tuning in, listening to us ramble, um, you know, and, uh, you know, for me, you know, we'll see y'all later, um, you know, uh, you know, share this with your friends, get them involved in us. Um, you know, we love to have more of them in there and, uh, you know, we'll turn it over to the guys and, uh, you know, tune in and, you know, give us a listen. Uh, as always, we appreciate everybody listening and, uh, we'll continue to bring content. Yeah. So. Yeah, I also, you know, echo the, these guys. I thank everybody. Um, this is, of course, like Nick said in the beginning, it's a journey. It's a journey for all of us, actually. We're all kind of taking a different step at a different place in this in this journey and kind of trying to, you know, teach everyone along the way. So um, if you find yourself at any point in this process as well or you want to get started, you know, you find yourself with a barrier to entry, um, just talk to us because we, we can find a way to get you started. We can find a way to get you pointed in the right direction so mm-hmm. just um, reach out if you need help in your local countries we can definitely find somebody that can help you you know take a mm-hmm. look at the blog and uh yeah. you know at blog.volcanara.com you know and uh you know check us out there so you know hope you all will see you all later and uh you know good night good night thank you for listening to the tech at lunch podcast where we hope you learned something about tech during your break or during your lunch time if you did please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. 
Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.